Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. I was reminded during that newscast that uh, for all the attention we are paying to uh, the congressional races still outstanding, one here in the state of Utah, to the presidential race, which is still outstanding, to all of the unanswered questions which were uh, which stem from the election of Tuesday, we cannot forget that still simmering in the background is this nasty pandemic, which is snatching away the lives of people all around the globe, including 17 additional Utahns. The new numbers include 17 new deaths. 17 people have lost their life here in the state of Utah uh, due to the coronavirus over the past 24 hours. And uh, that record, or that number there is a record. I hate using that word record because you strive for records, right? You want to break records, but not in this instance. These are the worst kind of records to break. Another one uh, is the number of new positive uh, cases here in the state of Utah. An additional 2,987 Utahns uh, tested positive since yesterday, and hospitalizations are, are setting records themselves. It's scary stuff, and we need to remember you know, those fundamentals. Uh, this mask stuff is real. Uh, keeping your hands washed, maintaining your distance, it's a real deal, all right? And you and I ought to take it seriously, just as seriously as they're taking it at the University of Utah, making the request of the Pac-12 to cancel tomorrow's game uh, and receiving, uh, you know, an acceptance of that request. There's no football tomorrow, uh, at least in the University of Utah, because of this nasty pandemic. Anyway, I say that just to, there's a, there's a constant reminder that we need to uh, be delivering to ourselves. We can't let uh, we can't lose sight of the threat still being posed. Uh, joining us on the line to talk, we're shifting gears here now dramatically. Joining us on the line to talk about the fourth congressional district race and updates therein, we have KSL News Radio's uh, Lindsay Aarons. Lindsay, how are you? Lee, I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. I'm sorry you're not here in studio, but uh, but the protocols are such because we here, even at KSL News Radio, are taking this thing seriously. The COVID stuff is real. Uh, we need to maintain distance when possible. Uh, blah blah blah. You know the fundamentals. Tell me now I know about. And I miss you. Yeah. T- tell me about the the fourth congressional district race. Where do things stand right now? And also talk to us about the the fluctuations over the past 24 hours. Some fascinating movements. Yeah, yesterday was a really interesting day in this race. We started with uh, Congressman McAdams ahead, but then at three o'clock, we got the first of two dumps of numbers from Utah County, and that's when the lead flipped and Burgess Owens, the GOP nominee, pulled ahead by about 2,300 votes. Then an hour later, we got Salt Lake's numbers, and Owens maintained his lead at that point, but the margin between these two candidates then shifted to only 18 votes. Then last night, a little after, I'd say 530, Utah County dumped a second batch of numbers, which is where we stand now. 
Uh, Owens is up by just under 2,300 votes. So he kind of widened that margin when we saw those Utah County numbers come in. Today, we are expecting another dump from Salt Lake County uh, between three and four o'clock. I haven't been able to confirm. Sometimes they do it at three, sometimes they do it at four. Um, but we, you know, it's, it's so interesting to see this race shift every time we get one of these two major counties, which make up some of this district uh, in, in this race. These numbers shift every time we get some of these new, new uh, totals. Right. It's difficult to know exactly how many votes are outstanding in this race because, uh, you know, congressional districts are not necessarily the way they divide up outstanding votes. We know uh, more so by county. But is there what's the best sense of how many votes outstanding there are uh, by, by yeah. county? Yeah, and that's what's going to make the difference here. So, uh, like I said, we got two dumps of numbers from Utah County yesterday, and that was the majority of what's left in their county. They have a few thousand um, votes left to tabulate in this race alone. Now, in Salt Lake County, by our best estimate, there's around 165,000 ballots countywide left to count, and it's not clear how many of those are from this district. It is estimated to be about to be in the tens of thousands. But because Utah County only has a few thousand provisional ballots left to tabulate, Owens really has a stronghold on Utah County um, with the bulk of those numbers in. McAdams does much better in Salt Lake County, where, again, they'll release more of those at four today. So uh, this race could fluctuate again. Again, right now, Owens is up by about 2,300 votes. The question will be, again, with more Salt Lake numbers coming coming in today, fewer to come from Utah County, but still some. Can Owens maintain that lead? Yeah, uh, a challenge, certainly. The, the trend in the past has been that uh, Salt Lake County favors Ben McAdams. That's how it's been in this race, and that's how it was in uh, two years ago when he defeated Mia Love. Uh, so we'll have to see. And you think either 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock we'll get a dump from Salt Lake County? Yeah, the last two days they've done it at 4 o'clock, but sometimes the state does a dump at 3 and 5, so it's just been hard to know exactly when those numbers are coming. But I estimate sometime between 3 and 4.30 from Salt Lake County we'll get more numbers. We're speaking with KSL News Radio elections reporter Lindsay Ahrens. Any any sense of what the, how the candidates are spending their time, if they uh, are, are interacting with one another or anything like that? Well, I don't think they're interacting with each other. You had Burgess Owens on your program yesterday, and he talked about how he hadn't had any communication with Congressman McAdams. I don't entirely know how they're spending their time, but uh, you know, when we got the update from Utah County uh, uh, late last night, we got after the first round of Utah County numbers, there was a statement from Ben McAdams and just said, uh, basically, we're used to this race flipping. We're used to it being close. They are confident that McAdams will prevail. Likewise, when you talked to Burgess Owens yesterday, he maintained his confidence. He talked about how he just needed to do well in the northern part of the state, meaning Salt Lake County, because mm-hmm. he recognizes the same thing you pointed out that uh, Ben McAdams does better in Salt Lake County. So I think they're both just watching the same way we are. Yeah. Uh, Lindsay Aarons, thank you so much uh, for your update here. I'm sure we'll touch base here again uh, soon on the developments in this race. Uh, any sense Any sense when we might have some finality to this race? Could we, could we see it today this weekend monday well it's hard to know again there are a lot of outstanding ballots in salt lake county and so yesterday's dump from them was about thirty-five thousand ballots again that's countywide they right. still have about one hundred and sixty-five thousand ballots uh, in the entire county left to count so i don't imagine that they're going to dump all of those today so i think that it's going to take some time uh, into next week before we get a better sense. It, you know, if McAdams pulls way ahead with this batch, that might 
you know, solidify things, but uh, it, it might be into next week and even longer still before we know conclusively. Well, we'll stay vigilant. Lindsay, thank you so much. You bet, Lee. Have uh, a good day. You too. Uh, all right, we're going to take a quick break here. When we return, I want to share with you a pair of tweets that were sent out by Utah Attorney General Sean Reyes here this morning. Uh, they raise a, a number of questions uh, about exactly where he is, uh, what he is up to, and what his plans are in, in terms of his involvement in a legal battle being waged by the President of the United States. I'll give you all those details next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Moments ago, there was an announcement from Georgia. Georgia, uh, a state which just this morning... Uh, the lead changed in the counting of ballots there in the, the state of Georgia, a state which Donald Trump, President Donald Trump, had been leading for some time. In fact, since election night, the uh, the state had been uh, red, a red lead. Well, this morning that all changed, and Georgia now is favoring Joe Biden. Former Vice President Joe Biden leads by 1,573 uh, votes right now that Georgia, a state where 16 electoral votes are at stake. I want you to hear uh, this update given by Gabriel Sterling. Now, his title, he, he works in the secretary of state's office, but here is uh, Mr. Sterling's title. He is Georgia's current statewide voting systems implementation manager. Did you catch that? It's pretty clear, right? Georgia's current statewide voting systems implementation manager. <laughs> Not long ago, he had this to say. And we're seeing uploads every 20, 30 minutes as the counties go through the final stages of trying to get everything done today with the UACAVA, the absentee cures, and the um, uh, provisionals being verified. So you're going to see lots of uploads. And what we've noticed is it goes up three on the margin, goes up three, goes down two, goes up seven. I mean, so you're not, nothing is moving the needle a lot on these things. So we're still hanging around that 1500 number right now. But the larger chunk of provisionals could potentially move it some. The UACAVA could potentially move it some. The duplications of damaged ballots could move it some. And again, it depends on where they're coming from. And we're still trying to get everything closed out today. It could slide to tomorrow. And again, when you have a my entire high school, I think, was about 2,000 people, and we have less than that involved in the margin here. So every one of these votes is important, and the job of the elections officials and this office is to assure that every single legal vote is counted and that the will of the voters of the state of Georgia is met on this very, very important election. So you heard that there, possibly 16 electoral votes being decided here tonight uh, or tomorrow, tonight or tomorrow. With the margins, though, they're so, so, so narrow, uh, it makes it difficult. One thing we do know is that because of these narrow margins, uh, the, the a, a recount uh, has been promised in Georgia. Uh, so how long that will take, it's uncertain. Um, the, the process and procedure for recounts varies state to state. What Georgia has up its sleeve, uh, not sure. But that's the circumstance there. Uh, 16 votes at stake. Uh, looking elsewhere around the country, Pennsylvania still undecided. But again, another turn this morning. Now uh, Joe Biden enjoys a 13,000 uh, vote lead, 13,641 to be precise in Pennsylvania where Joe Biden is leading, where Trump had been leading. President Trump had been leading in Pennsylvania from election night uh, all the way up until, uh, if memory serves, about 7 o'clock this morning when the numbers started to turn, uh, with a number of votes still outstanding there. Uh, You heard uh, just a few days ago 
uh, there was the announcement of a lawsuit in Pennsylvania. Now, uh, the, the, the one lawsuit there filed in Pennsylvania had to do with proximity to the counters, uh, which was allowed to you know, either the Republican poll watchers or the Democrat poll watchers. Uh, ultimately, the, the Trump campaign was uh, victorious in that lawsuit. Uh, but here's what victory means there. It at once, before the lawsuit, was that the the poll watchers were allowed within 20 to 30 feet. And the complaint uh, in the lawsuit was that that's not far, that's not near enough to see what's going on. And so uh, victory uh, for the Trump campaign here was that a judge ruled that they would shrink the distance from about 20 to 30 feet uh, down to six feet. So there's that. Now, uh, legal challenges uh, like that and others uh, are taking place uh, around the country right now. And don't think don't 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 presume that it's all uh, President Trump. There uh, are also <clears throat> legal challenges uh, being prepared uh, and legal defenses being uh, prepared by the Biden campaign. Lawsuits and elections are they they go hand in hand. The difference here is that uh, there are many kind of getting ahead of themselves and uh, declaring uh, situations that uh, really only a court is qualified to declare. So as you as you hear these things, please keep that in mind that the filing of lawsuits is not strange or odd or out of the ordinary. Uh, but what is is to assert and declare, uh, you know, the the legitimacy of of an election and of uh, a system which has, you know, upheld our democracy for so long. Anyway, I bring that all up to say that this morning there were a pair of tweets that caught my attention. I want to share them with you. I want to share them with you, and then we'll ask ourselves what we know and what don't we know. The the first tweet, it came about five hours ago uh, from uh, newly reelected attorney general here in the state of Utah, Sean Reyes. It reads uh, verbatim from his uh, blue checkmark Twitter account, quote, despite months of predictions about a blue wave, the GOP kept the Senate and expanded seats in the House. Fact. Biden and I added the word fact. Biden and his allies, the tweet continues, know the president will win if only verified legal votes are counted. We are making sure that happens, but looks like courts may have to decide that. Hashtag rule of law. The assertion is that Biden and his allies know that at POTUS, the president, will win if only verified legal votes are counted. And so you have to do, you have to apply a little bit of logic to, to understand his assertion there. And it is that should, again, this coming from the, the, the Twitter feed of Sean Ray as attorney general here of the state, uh, that that should the president fail to secure victory in his reelection effort, and if former Vice President Joe Biden wins, it is only possible if illegal votes were counted. Anyway, uh, I, I won't try to to sort that out. I'll let his words uh, stand. But uh, what really caught my attention, and that's fine, right? There have been uh, those in similar positions across this country making very similar uh, assertions. And I would always and will continue uh, to remind you and remind myself, honestly, that the election system and the justice system uh, do have a long track record of working well together and bolstering one another's legitimacy. When there are questions in elections, there is a justice system. There are courts and judges uh, who understand the law, who understand specifically election law and are able to ensure that free and open elections persist and the democracy is defended. This is the follow up tweet that 
Attorney General Reyes sent not long after. He writes, on personal leave time to help prepare and support litigation in several states dealing with compromised election process. On personal leave time to help prepare and support litigation in several states dealing with compromised election process. What he's doing here is, uh, and I can only speculate, but uh, the, the the similarity that I see is in the efforts lended uh, the president's campaign by former Florida Attorney General Pam Bondi. You've seen her maybe a time or two. She, if you were watching the press conference of the other day, participated alongside Eric Trump and Rudy Giuliani. Uh, after the break, I'll, I'll share uh, some some of what she has had to say, and we'll learn a little bit more about what Sean Reyes is up to. But time now, we got to take a quick commercial break. Uh, we are going to come back to and talk about the incredible victories uh, enjoyed by women running for races in the House. Mia Love will be our guest to talk about Republican women uh, breaking party records ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said... You need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.